Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big uh, football pick show on the Dick Cow Football Show. Nice to have you back, everybody. It's really good to see you as we start a new season and uh, try to get some picks in. Uh, it's really good times having to be had, and we had some football last week for week zero. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about. I will say the panel called it with Vanderbilt. What a what a huge win for them. I was like, it was even better than I expected. I was like 63 to whatever. I mean, that's... That's a hell of a win. <laughs> so give it to them. Um, yeah, but good to have you here, everybody. Um, we have a full panel tonight. We have Kevin and the crew all here in one sitting. So we're going to have a really huge, huge, like, huge Zooms display tonight. So let's not waste any time. I mean, the, the season is upon us. College football starting this has started. NFL to start next week. So, um, you know, let's see how everybody did last week and. um Set yourselves up for some pretty serious games to start week number one. We're glad to have you back, everybody. If you're new to the program, we do picks from the games against the spread every single week. We do not do picks again, uh, with totals for our contest, just so you know. But we do everything else as we begin another another season in, uh, in our, our continuous annual tradition. Let's hit it! <laughs> that so good. So good to have that music back. All right, football picks, week number one. Let me give give you really briefly how it went last year. Um, the winner last season, our good friend John in Connecticut, wins it at forty three thirty and one. Phenomenal work, John! Congratulations. Um, and as we segue over to them visually, Andy was in second place at thirty nine and thirty five. Ron was in third at at thirty five thirty eight and one. Um, our um, the guest and I was thirty four thirty nine and one. And the guest picks were 31, 41, and 2. Hopefully some better results all the way around. Um, but now let's go bring in our panel. Now, vi- now what, if you're watching on YouTube, it's going to be a little different tonight because we 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 have um, we have a fifth panelist tonight. So I have to move myself over here so I don't block anybody. <laughs> this is uh, really, really interesting. Um, hold on. i got to fix something else over here. I'm on the wrong scene. Let's go switch over here. There we go. There I am. So let me just tweak a few things over here and move a few things over there. And uh, we're ready to go. So first, let's go bring in yeah, Kevin with a Padre hat. I love this. This is great. But uh, first, let's go bring in our, our let's talk to our friend um, uh, John in Connecticut, who is the winner of last year. Just a phenomenal job, John. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How's it going this evening? Doing well, Dave. Yeah, I can do that well again. It'll be a good season. So um you know, I've the, got the turd on my back for, for 2022, but yeah, it was great to actually have some football on on Saturday. I don't know how much we're going to dive into the in the action, but you know, we dipped our feet into the pool, and now we're really going to get going this week. So I'm always happy to be here and uh, talking some games and 
making some picks with all you guys. So uh, thanks again. Absolutely, absolutely. Glad to do it, uh, John, as always. Um, and the tradition continues. I, 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 I think the first year, I do know when the first year we started doing football picks. It was 2014. So we are would now be, this would be our eighth anniversary of doing football picks at this point. So, wow. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of a, that's a, that's a, that's a long run. So um, let's say hello also, Andy, from where it's not, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look like it's raining over there, Andy. How, how's it going tonight? Uh, good. We're inside tonight because there's there's baseball on. There's gambling to do, um, and I actually got to make my pick. So I, I should have texted you earlier. Are we picking two or four this week? I think we usually do two for the college. We could do four. I don't know. I I I'm just. But let's just say two. Let's just say two right now. Just do the two college. I um. That's a good question. I if anyone wants to do four, if you guys feel like doing four, we could do four. I don't. It's up to you guys. I, I, but new, normally it's two. Uh, Ron, welcome in. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Dave. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. Um, I've got to think of two picks right now. I forgot to. That's like the one thing I didn't have time to do today. But I will do that. I actually know what I have an idea of what I want. I just don't know what the spreads are yet. But um, yeah, good to have you with us. Um, and and our guest tonight, Kevin on the Cape. By way of the Berkshires. It's great. How you doing, Kev? Welcome back to the show. Thing on? Yeah, I think I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, this man. This is wild. I, I feel like I'm looking at my past and my future. I have, like, John and Andy who are, like, just living it up. I'm assuming you're both single. I don't know, but it seems like you've got, like, bachelor pads going on. And then Ron, who's, like... Just he has older kids, and he can just anywhere he can find to do this. Like in the basement, I've seen him in the kitchen, everywhere. Like wherever like the girls are not making a whole bunch of noise, it's great. And I don't think I'm so I, I've I've been you guys, and I obviously my future is Ron, Dave. I've never been a Dave. I've never had. What are those Pac-Man lights behind the back behind you? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Pac-Man lights. Yeah, you got it. This is what. Okay. This is. Yeah, I've never had. I've never had that. And Dave, for you, special. Um, I painted the room San Francisco Giant orange, <laughs> and I'm wearing my Padre hat just to piss you off. That is fantastic. Just the, the ultimate, the ultimate testament to trollery. Well done. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> this wasn't easy. This paint job, man. It's uh, Autumn Harvest or something. Now you've had that up for a little bit, right? Like, because um, I remember when we did Godfather too, you had that orange wall. So that is true. That is true, but I was just saving it for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well played, well played. It's not helping. Dodgers are like fifty games above five hundred right now. But, yeah. No. But, <laughs> but I appreciate I appreciate the gesture. Um, so, folks, yeah, I mean, there was football last weekend, so we actually have a recap segment. So, John, if you want to take it away and say, give us the, the skinny on it, first of all, Scott Foss, he is not long for the, for his job. That's that's for damn sure. What an embarrassing loss to Northwestern. But I'll give it to you for for the floor on week uh, week zero. Yeah, that was the headliner of the day, and um, you know we talked about it on our preview show. It's like, oh yeah, Nebraska. Everyone's high on them. They got a new transfer quarterback. They got a new offensive coordinator. They have all this talent. Well, to, turns out Scott Frost is still there, and like it's, you know, you lose a couple close games through bad luck or turnovers, whatever. But this guy is like five and 21 in one score games. It's a, a complete trend. Like their special teams are horrible and he just makes bad decisions in close games. And the trend continues with his complete 
a boneheaded decision to go for an onside kick up 28 to 17 in the fourth quarter, which gave Northwestern all the momentum in the world after that. And, um, you know, they got gashed in the run game all day by Northwestern. And, you know, just a a masterpiece by Fitzgerald, really, and just coached circles around Scott Frost. And I saw an incredible stat that if Scott Frost won his next 50 games, he would still, like, have a worse record than Bo Pelini or worse winning percentage than Bo Pelini at Nebraska. It's crazy. Like, he might be – like, we're you know, we're talking about, like, betting their win total over, and, and, like, this loss could derail their season. I mean, they're going to beat some FCS team this week, but – I'm the, I wouldn't trust him in a close game as long as he's there. And, you know, it's kind of sad after the run he had at Central Florida, but it's looking like that was more of a, a fluke than anything else because this guy just can't coach. But um, that was the kind of headliner game of the day. Uh, there was some interesting action elsewhere. I mean, not too much to recap. You mentioned it, Dave. Vanderbilt just blew through Hawaii. I mean, my goodness, that Hawaii team. We're going to be betting against them and Wyoming, who laid a similar egg against Illinois <laughs> The Wyoming quarterback's yards per attempt was one. He was like five of 20 for like 50 yards or something like that. It was absolutely just crazy how bad he was. Um, And their defense got run over by Illinois. They are just a horrific team. So I can't wait for that Hawaii and Nevada. I'm sorry, Hawaii and um, Wyoming game later in the year. Nevada wasn't much better. They only escaped New Mexico State because New Mexico State had like six turnovers in the first half. They played the wrong quarterback. They put this ginger kid in, in the second half. They almost won the game. Kind of a bad beat for people who bet New Mexico State at like eight and a half or nine um, as Nevada kicked a field goal late. This is why, you know, I had talked about last week, you've got to try to get the best number of these things. I ended up betting that at plus 12 like weeks ago. So I, I won, but I felt bad for people who got like eight or nine or whatever. Um, so that was an interesting game. Charlotte, another just complete egg that was laid um, on Saturday. Uh, the quarterback got hurt early, but they weren't ready to play. So good job by FAU. And my Huskies, they came to play. Uh, unfortunately, um, the starting quarterback, Robertson, uh, the transfer from Penn State, tore his ACL, which threw a uh, redshirt, a true freshman into action. But you know what? He was going to play this year anyway. So I feel bad for the kid that tore his ACL, obviously. But get the freshman in there get some game experience, and that'll be good by the end of the year. But their defense played great. Um, they had some uh, – their transfers at linebacker and defensive end, they really uh, were stuffing some runs. Uh, Jackson Mitchell, Mitchell was just a beast, and um, their run game was just phenomenal. Uh, Nate Carter had like 190 yards rushing. So very, very impressed by uh, Jim Moore's first game, and we, we called that. So um, overall, it was a pretty good week. Had a couple bunks with um, with Charlotte. Was a was a pretty bad loss but other than that it was a it was a good saturday entertaining saturday to start us off so i I definitely enjoyed it awesome yeah i mean yeah i mean i mean i guess i'll give you this as far as the uh the the, uh, northwestern nebraska game it was it was a a rough game but it was pretty close and so you had juice at least with it um and let's get to you get to you and get your thoughts on week zero yeah well so first i wanted to uh if V-Tread's listening or if he's going to listen later, and it's not just him, the people that are triggered by, like, the week zero, why is it called week zero and not week one? Well, I think the answer is actually pretty simple. I'm not even – it's like it's not even a Bach, but week zero is kind of Bach, but it's like it's the most non-Bach answer to explain the Bach. And there's no there's no voting. There's, there's no reshuffling. The polls didn't change. Coaches didn't vote after last week's game. So maybe 
that's why it's week zero. If it was week one, like if we called last week week one, then they would have to vote and there'd be changes in the top 25. Maybe, so maybe that's that's the only explanation I could offer, V-Tread. So you're just going to have to deal with week zero references moving forward, whether you like it or not. But um, I don't know if there's any credence to that. But uh, yeah, uh, John gave a good thumbnail of the week. That was week zero. Um, as someone that has a Nebraska over seven and a half wins ticket and as someone that had Nebraska minus, uh, I think I had it at 11 and a half, up 28-17 and Scott Frost decides to go full you-know-what. And then Casey Thompson, who I like, who had a very good first half, got a case of the Jim Cardwells, and he, like, he couldn't make passes. More troubling than like Scott Frost's decision to kick that onside kick was how bad the Nebraska defense was. Northwestern was just kind of running it up the middle, throwing it whenever they could. They actually got tight on third down. The announcers, or uh, Brock Horde, was actually calling out Nebraska, uh, Northwestern for getting tight, basically. Like, Nebraska can't stop a nosebleed. Northwestern, their play calling should be a little more uh, aggressive. Anyway, Scott Frost, if you take away his 13-0 and season at Central Florida, every other season he's under 500. And like, I don't know if they're going to fire him right away. I'm sure he has a crazy buyout. And who are you going to get to come to Nebraska at this point? Maybe the AD takes over. We mentioned last week the AD is a former player who basically forced the Whipple hire. So I don't know. But that's – as John mentioned, like – and as Mike has mentioned before, like you can lose a baseball season in game two on April 4th or whatever, like that Nebraska loss is just horrendous. Maybe it galvanizes them, but I don't know. Northwestern's not that good. Um, some of the other thoughts. Yeah. UConn, very pesky. Utah state was playing like they wanted Alabama and well, they got UConn and they, they needed to, focus for 60 minutes to get the job done against UConn. I think eventually Utah State will find their equilibrium. They'll probably get killed this weekend against Alabama. But you guys uh, three weeks ago all talked me into UConn plus 24. You could have got it plus 27, but there was steam on the Huskies. So easy cover. Um, North Texas was a good bank. Uh, I liked them. And then as uh, – as John already mentioned that, you know, Illinois and Northwestern are not good teams and they destroyed, or uh, I'm sorry, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt and North and Illinois are horrible. And what they did respectively to Hawaii and Wyoming, I mean, Wyoming in Hawaii, I'll gamble on that game whenever they play, but that is, that is some lean, lean, lean talent. And uh, yeah, week zero just kind of, set the tone for the week ahead, which is, you know, week one and all systems go. All systems go indeed. I mean, yeah, some people really showed their stuff on this, uh, on this early week, but it's, it's a very interesting litmus type of week, uh, like low pressure for a lot of teams. But as we said, you can really do yourself in if you lose a game that early in the season. Um, Nebraska being down a conference loss already is rough. That is bad. 
That is bad, especially the way they did it. Uh, Ron, any thoughts on Week Zero? Yeah, you know, that, and you know, when you mentioned that, Dave, um, like Andy and John said, I mean, just a, a terrible loss by Nebraska. And uh, you know, my uh, my initial thought when I was watching the game is I remember what you know that tidbit, and this is great why why our show is <laughs> is great to listen to because you get tidbits from uh, from each one of us. And I remember Andy saying. Uh, you know, he heard uh, through the grapevine that the uh, the Whipple hire was kind of forced upon Frost, um, you know, from the higher ups. And uh, there might be some tension there. And even the announcers like right away, you know, called it. And I think it was at halftime. Um, Chris Peterson said, like, you know, he was really interested to see uh, what playbook it was going to be. If it was going to be, um, you know, Scott Frost, his, his uh, kind of his touches on it with the. Uh, the RPOs and stuff, or it was going to be a mixture of the RPOs and some of Whipple's stuff. And he, he said he was surprised that it was a hundred percent Whipple's offense. You know, it was all the, it was the tempo, the, you know, the short throws, the keeping the pressure on the defense. And, uh, you know, so when they lost, I mean, it took them one week, not only is it a conference loss, it took them one week for them to lose and for Frost to come out in the media and say that, uh, uh, you know, Whipple and the offense need to uh, start calling better plays. So, uh, you know, that's not going to end pretty there. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know what his situation is with the buyout, but, uh, you know, he's not long for, for Nebraska. And, you know, uh, they start the season like, uh, you know, two and four, two and five, and I don't see how they could keep him around. And, um, you know, I would think, you know, uh, maybe they – you know, put Whipple in for the rest, you know, for the rest of the year, see, see what he has. Uh, and then they go after a big fish after this season. Um, someone like fickle or somebody like that to try to come in, but uh, it's, it's not pretty there. And, and you guys are hundred percent right. Northwestern isn't a great team. I mean, they run a really vanilla offense, but uh, you know, they, they do it right. And, uh, and they end up winning a game that they, really shouldn't have won. They, they could have got blown out, you know, um, and, and Frost kind of just, you know, shit the bed there, uh, which isn't a surprise. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll say this, like I was, I, I was watching the, uh, the Hawaii Vanderbilt game at night and uh, Hawaii, I think actually got out to like a 10, nothing lead. <laughs> and I was shocked, you know, and I was like, man, I maybe I had Hawaii all wrong. And, uh, <laughs> and this is going to be a bad beat. And, <laughs> Yeah, I went to sleep when it was ten nothing. I woke up; it was sixty three to ten the next morning. Like, holy shit, man! Hawaii really is. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a long season for Hawaii. Uh, you know, they have like a like a high school level roster. So, uh, yeah. So that was my week zero thoughts. My other thought was, uh, I don't know if you guys watched game day or not, but um, you know they did their Uga Booga picks and everything. But man, Lee Corso, <laughs> I love Lee Corso. I love game day. But they gotta, they gotta retire him. I mean, he is like, uh, and we all know, like, we all have like the grandparent or like the old, the old aunt or uncle who tries to like use technology and they have no idea what they're doing. Oh no! And uh, <laughs> they, they had him uh, like a remote spot somewhere. And <laughs> I mean, it was just, God bless the guy. But he, uh, they, they need to like limit his stuff to like maybe pre-taped appearances or something like that because. You know, it was like the first. Uh, whenever they would go to him, there'd be like a like a thirty second delay. You know, before he actually uh, got what they were saying, it was it was rough to watch. But uh, yeah. you know, that's you know, that's just uh, my observances from uh, 
from week zero. But it was fun to see. It was, it was a good uh, start to the season. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the recap there, Ron. I appreciate you. So uh, let's go uh, get to Kevin. Any, any potpourri you want to add as far as week zero? I'm not sure. It was only week zero, so I wasn't sure how much you saw. But uh, if you had anything you want to add as far as the storylines or the games from well, last week, there's weekend. two. There's two things. Ah, there, you have last things. in your guys' show last week. Yes. I've never wanted to gamble so much when I when Andy <laughs> Dave is going on and on and on about something, and Dave and and, and about what are we going to do here? And Andy just looks up at the, his camera and goes, "We're locked in on Vandy." <laughs> like the way he said it, I was like, "Oh, dude, this." I, I'm like, "Where?" I'm like looking. I'm like, I went to my FanDuel. I'm like, oh, I can only do horses. I'm like, this is crap. I'm like, just the way the man said, we're locked in on Vandy and Vince Vandy. And I'm like, oh, all right. And then, of course, I looked the next day and I'm like, 63 to whatever. <laughs> so there's that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm mad at the legislature in Massachusetts for dragging their feet because I would have been a few bones richer. And um, these guys are the experts. The only thing I think I can offer because I've been diving in around the uh, coaching world lately is um scott frost actually if you can believe this guys he agreed to reduce his buyout by half from 15 million to seven and a half effective october 1st so he's obviously he's got at least to the oklahoma game and then i don't know i just think that they're only because he played there they might just let him or just i mean they played like michigan and wisconsin back to back in november let him just suffer through that um but i feel like once he's once they're out of officially eliminated from a bowl he's gone yep that's yeah. really all uh i mean i can add to these guys these guys are the experts so i'll just chime in on, on that kind of stuff but yeah I, I found it he took a pay cut of a million bucks and he agreed to reduce his buyout to seven and a half from 15 effective on october 1st it's good intel though junkie i, I mean I appreciate- Which is homecoming yeah can't fire him on homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't speak to that, but I mean, look, here's a question. Are they going to win a game in between? Yes, because they get North Dakota and Georgia Southern in the next two. But uh, aside from that, I don't know what they're going to win. Oklahoma, not likely. Indiana, 50-50. Even Rutgers. I'm like, I, that's not a given. I think Ron would know more than I would, but I don't, th- I, I don't think that's a given. So we'll see. Well, well that the issue with Nebraska is like they don't they never get blown out. They just find ways to lose. So yeah. Yeah. it depends. Like you know, Doggy uh two days ago was he was talking about Scott Frost and just like Nebraska is that type of school, like Tennessee's that type of school where like their fans think it's their fans have different eyes and like what the rest of the country thinks and he was like, it's not 1972 in Nebraska. It's like, it's not 94. They're not beating Spurrier. And all bingos, all bingos to that. And it's funny. John mentioned Bo Pelini or what – Dave mentioned Bo Pelini at the beginning of the podcast. Like, Bo Pelini was a laughing stock in, in present time when right. he was coaching. Like, I wonder if you gave the Nebraska fan, like, truth serum now. Like, would you take Bo Pelini back or, like – They'd, they'd yearn for those days at this point. <laughs> I mean, Bo Pelini got them to a couple bowls, I think. At least one. I was at one of them. I think he won like nine, eight or nine games almost every year, if yeah. I recall. I mean, yeah. Ross, yeah. he didn't win six. It's crazy. Didn't but, they do um, the same thing to Solich? He won like yeah. 60 exactly. games, and, yep. and then they were exact back same thing. They ran him out for winning like nine games a year, and this clown is losing one-score games. So that's the thing. The Oklahoma game 
I could clearly see them being ahead by like 10 points in the fourth quarter and then just completely blowing it. So it's not like they're going to, you know, get run out of these games. He just can't, they can't produce in close games. They, whatever it is, like he just, he just makes the wrong decision. And I will say about week zero, I think it's called week zero because like you have to get an exemption to play on this week for whatever reason, whether it be you have a, a road game at Hawaii, you can get an exemption to play on week zero. Um, or if you like submit a request for like a neutral site game, if they had one of those last year, I, I think that's why they call it week zero. Because it's not like an officially scheduled part of the calendar. That's my best guess as to it, but it's not a hundred percent. I like it. I like it. Nice. It's good information. Yeah, thanks, John. All right, so uh, there's really not much else to set up. Let's uh, let's get right to the picks, and then I think we'll we'll tell you about what's what the featured games are. There's some pretty good featured games, but first let's get to the picks, and that means we go right back to John in Connecticut, and let's see what you have for this week. Two picks from the NCAA, John. It's all yours when you're ready. All right, Dave. Let's get right into it. Um, I cannot think of a better way to start off the college football season than fading Mac Brown. So we are going to do that. In pick number one, we are going to take Appalachian State. It is a pick 'em now against North Carolina. Unfortunately, I missed the best number on this. It was three and a half last week, but um, you know it's significantly moved to the pick 'em. But we don't care. We saw North Carolina in action last week against Florida A&M. But mind you, a Florida A&M team that was down about 30 players because of ineligibility issues and other issues. And the game, the score was 35 to 24 at the end of the third quarter. And Florida A&M's quarterback passed for almost 300 yards. Uh, this North Carolina defense is pretty pathetic. Um, you know, their quarterback played well, the new quarterback, Drake May. He had a really good game. But again, it's Florida A&M. I just we talked about it last week on the ACC preview. Just not a fan of Mac Brown. There's just so many you know, penalties and turnovers, and they're just not a well-coached team. Add in the fact that there's just horrific defense. They're playing on the road at App State. Who um, I will I will give North Carolina credit for actually playing a road game. Um, you know, and there you know App State is kind of like the little brother scenario in this. So to get North Carolina in their stadium, it's like you know it's like almost like their Super Bowl basically. Uh, it's gonna be a sold out. Uh, sold out stadium. Uh, the atmosphere is going to be electric, and they have a really good team. I mean, they re- they returned their quarterback from last year, Chase Bryce. They're two top running backs, and they should be able to um, run through this Carolina defense. I think in North Carolina will be able to score some points too. So I think the overall is a good play, but I just think there's too much um, too much on this uh, App State side, and the, just the the both the motivation and uh, the coaching advantage is here. Um, so we're going to take App State pick them for the first game. And the second game, we kind of mentioned this as well on our preview show. Um, I'm going to take South Florida getting 12 points at home against BYU. Um, you know, BYU obviously is they're a pretty good team. You know, they're returning a number of starters this year. Um, but when this very game was played last year in Provo, South Florida was able to put together a cover. In fact, South Florida was 4-0 against the spread last year as a home dog. They covered against Florida, Tulsa, Houston, and Cincinnati all at home um, as an underdog. Uh, they were 2-10 um, straight up, but they actually were 7-5 against, against the spread. So um, they were pretty good in that regard last year. They have Jerry Bohannon coming in as a transfer quarterback from Baylor. He should significantly improve the offense, and um, they should be able to run the ball on this Baylor team. Uh, I'm sorry, a BYU team who uh, struggled to stop the run last year. I think, the, again, I think there'll be a lot of points in this game. 
I just think it's way too many points. I think the humidity is going to be a factor. It's going to be about like 95 and just completely, um, you know, probably 100% humidity. It's going to wear these teams down by the end of the game. So that's why I think the over is, is a good play. But I also think South Florida is going to keep this game close and uh, might even sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Uh, I, I do like this pick. So we'll go South Florida plus 12 in addition to Appalachian State, a pick them are our first two picks of the season here in college football. All right, John, thanks very much for the picks. Yeah, I, I mean, very good value, I think, in both on both ends of this. So uh, very good. Good luck, as, I, as we always say here. Um, let us now next go to our friend Andy in Seattle, and we are ready for your two picks from week one. Yeah, thanks. I, <clears throat> I'm on board with both of John's picks. In, in fact, one of mine was going to be South Florida, but I don't want to do a checker on a checker on week one, so I'm pivoting. But the uh, game one that was gonna, I was gonna pick, I might have had to pivot, but he didn't. So anyway, game one, I'm taking East Carolina getting 11 and a half against NC State. Um, I alluded to this pick last week, and this is just basically a pro Fulton Ayers pick, the, the quarterback for ECU. Said it last week, he he thinks he's got the arm of Matt Stafford, but he's kind of like Tim Tebow slash David Green. I don't know if you guys remember David Green, the Georgia quarterback from like the early 2000 lefty. Um, you know, last year... It, I think their bowl game got canceled. I don't know. Just East Carolina, they've just been kind of like a sentimental uh, team that I like to watch and bet on. Uh, they always seem like uh, when they're 7 to 13 point underdogs, they're always in the mix for like a backdoor cover. Um, so that's, that's just basically my narrative on ECU. I've never been high on NC State. I always feel like every NC State quarterback not named Russell Wilson looks like Scott Glennon, you know, with like, and obviously not like Phil Rivers, but the the Scott Glennon prototype, long neck, no mobility, dumb brain, Tom O'Brien, although he's not there, but it's just, that's just my stupid brain association with NC State never get the job done in the big spot and I know they might have scorched earth tendencies this year with their bowl game uh, shenanigans last year with the COVID situation and how other schools got to got a little more leeway and NC State kind of just got left at the altar and didn't get their bowl game um, and I, they got expectation this year I know their quarterback has NFL potential but like I said, I like NC State uh, to not cover this game, and I'm on ECU. I'm, I'm going to take Holton Ayers any time they're underdogs. Uh, that's just that's just how I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Pirates. So give me ECU plus 11 and a half game one, and then game number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Bo Nix getting 17 against uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. I think. The Oregon coach landing is just basically gonna put all his eggs in this basket and try to do the best he can to try to make it respectable and competitive and close against uh, his former school. 
He was the defensive coordinator there last year. And I just think 17 points is a ton of points. Um, and Bo Nix, you're going to get the whole experience with him. He's going to make some uh, lucky-ass throws. He's going to make some terrible throws. He's going to make the hard throws look easy. He's going to make the easy throws look impossible. He's going to scramble when he doesn't need to. He's going to scramble when he needs to. I don't really know much else about Oregon this year, but I do know Bo Nix is their quarterback, and you're just going to get just like an orgy of emotions betting on him or against him. So, uh, and with Georgia, you know, I know Stenson Bennett, great story last year. Um, and their defense is basically their their forte. Uh, so I, I just feel like their offense, I'm not saying it's a question mark, but for them to be laying 17 uh, with so much uncertainty, week one, early September, it's a tough ask for them. That's just my stupid opinion. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the Ducks. I'm riding with the Ducks. I'm riding with the Pirates. Uh, two underdogs as we officially kick off uh, college football season. All right. Thanks very much, Andy. Very. You know. I, I mean. I think. I think these picks could be pretty savvy. We'll see. So let's uh, move ahead to Ron in New Jersey. And Ron, we're ready for your week number one picks. All right, yeah, I would go checker on a checker with John with uh, App State. I love that pick. Uh, I think they went out right, but uh, I'm gonna, I'll pivot like Andy said. Um, I'm gonna take TCU uh, minus 13 and a half against Colorado. Um, you know, I, I don't think Colorado's named the starting quarterback yet. Uh, they lost uh, their starting running back, like all their receivers to the transfer portal. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, Dykes comes into TS, TCU. He's going to have them uh, uh, ready to, to pour on the offense uh, behind Max Duggan. And I, I just think Colorado's, uh, you know, a, a really, really bad team, a bad roster. Uh, you know, one of the worst Power 5 teams um, in the country. So I like TCU to go into Colorado and cover minus 13 and a half. Uh, in my second game, I'm going to go uh, Utah minus two and a half at Florida. I, I think Utah has, uh, I think they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, I, I, I think they have a mission, uh, as, as corny and cliche as that sounds, um, to, you know, to make the playoffs uh, after coming so close last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, Florida is going to go through some growing pains with uh with Napier, I, I think he's a good coach. I think he's the right guy for the team. Uh, their quarterback Anthony Richardson is is talented. He's probably going to end up really, really well, you know, good and, and uh, possibly a high draft pick next year. But uh, he's only thrown like I forget what the number is, maybe like a hundred passes so far in his college career. Uh, I just think it's a tough spot for them. Utah is a, a very uh, experienced, uh, you know, roster, and, and I think. Uh, I think they're going to go into uh, Florida and uh, and win that game and and uh, you know two and a half. I, I think they'll cover that. So I'm going to take Utah minus two and a half and uh, and TCU minus thirteen and a half. Ron, I love it. Thank you so very much for the picks. Good luck, of course. And um, that leads us to my picks. So let's go right. Let's get right to it. Let's not waste any more time. Um, here's what I've got this week. 
Let me see if I can throw myself over here. Ah, here we go. <laughs> okay, so uh, so here's what I've got. All right, so I, I really like where your all's heads at. This is like a lot of great picks here. I really love them. Like Utah is a good call too, uh, Ron. I mean, it's interesting. I think the only thing I worry about with Utah is like, will they have the the physicality that Florida might present? But on the other hand, Florida also really. They can have all the athletes they want, but they, they, they still are trying to figure themselves out. So I feel like Utah's just got a much better head with them in this game. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. The chip-on-the-shoulder scenario, it's a good call. It's not one of my picks. I'm gonna, I I did pivot off of that. So we're going to go with these two picks instead. First, we're going to go checker and a checker with Andy's pick of Oregon plus 17.5 at Georgia. Now, I go in this matchup, I'm thinking, okay, Dan Lanning, he used to be the defensive coordinator at Georgia. I'm like, so he's going to know these guys pretty well. They're not going with JT Daniels because Daniels transferred out. Now they're going to have uh, Stetson Bennett. He had a great, he had a great moment. Like he, Georgia's the defending champion, great, but that doesn't mean that Stetson Bennett, the fourth or whatever the hell his name is, is going to end up being that great this year anyway. Like I think he'll be fine. He'll serve the purpose. Okay, but but I I think that I just think that the number is too big. I, I just, before looking at the spread, I'm like, okay, so Georgia's probably going to be a 7.5 point favorite in this game. That makes sense, you know. Defending champs, going against another Power 5 team, you know, a team that almost won the Pac-12. But 17.5, that just seems like a giant number. That just seems like a giant number. And not only that, but two other things. Crystal Ball's not coaching them, so he's not going to suck away the life out of the quarterback. That's already a big win. And two, Anthony Brown, who interestingly, as you guys were saying, that's a very interesting revelation that he's doing well in the, in the, in the, whatever it was, like in, in uh, the combine, what have you. But that was really funny. Um, but the point is, between him leaving and the coach leaving, I feel like there's going to be some tangible potential for improvement. So from that standpoint alone, I just think the value is great here. So I'm going to take Oregon, game one. Uh, game number two, same idea. I go into this game thinking, all right, Ohio State versus Notre Dame. It's at the, it's at the giant horseshoe. It's gonna be a good game, you know. Ohio State's probably gonna win by ten points, and and then I look at the line. It's like seventeen and a half. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. I mean, I know how talented Ohio State is, and I'm not saying they can't do it. That seems like a good value play for Notre Dame. So we're gonna. I've never seen Notre Dame that big an underdog, guys. Have you ever seen them? that big of an underdog in any game even like bam i think they were maybe like i don't know 14 this is kind of a wild number to me so i'm gonna take it i'm gonna try to try my luck with this so um go notre dame plus 17 and a half i don't have a lot of data to support this but i just got a feeling about it i feel like this is a much more talented team than people give them credit for so my picks oregon plus 17 and a half notre dame plus 17 and a half two top 25 ranked underdogs on the road against some admittedly very good playoff teams from last year but still i just feel like there's a lot of potential here for week one all right so now let's go to our guest kevin on the cape very interesting you have so much more information on college football these days and and kudos to you of course for <laughs> not, that not like these guys are you kidding me well that's true Appalachian that's true state come on <laughs> These guys are like next level gamblers here. Yeah, you're right. You just, you're right. You like literally put, I don't know, like like the clown and like the bull ring is me. And I'm just like, <laughs> with all 
all these guys who are just like, hoo, 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 you know, <laughs> um, I don't even know where you guys get lines anymore. Like literally, like I was, I, when I was a 20, I think I had, I like wrote, um, a check to some place in the, in the West Indies in the Caribbean. And I gambled that way like, this was so long ago. It was called, I still, it's called intertops. That was the name of it. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. Like I called, like I sent in the mail, I called up and the lady, you know, with the Caribbean accent, she's like, Oh yeah, we got your check, Mr. Gory. Well, it's going to be deposited. And then I went, went online and I gambled for like through the college outside of like your normal bookies. So now I'm like, where do these guys even get, get the line i don't even know the, the, the point spreads like where you if you all get them from the same place or not but whatever um i just really quickly if you if you want to know oh, i get yeah. mine from action network so action.com or actionnetwork.com i should say actionnetwork.com has like really good odds so that'd be a good all right well I'll, i won't i won't drag it on too long because i'll just take my own two and, and <laughs> donation to the cause no worries um, no worries we're ready for you but i've been sort of i was actually looking doing some like research for something I'm, I'm going to write pretty soon about coaches uh you know the like the the top 10 against the spread versus the the bottom 10 so i sort of went with my picks based on that <laughs> um just lo- sort of letting history decide and um i noticed that jeff collins or georgia tech buddy is horrendous against the spread like 11 and 23 or something and um, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Let me see who they're playing. And it just so happens they're playing like one of the five greatest teams going in Clemson. So my first pick is Clemson over Georgia Tech. I, I looked at it. It was like 22 points, but maybe John knows it's different now. Um, but I'll take the Tigers and and uh, roll with them against the rambling wreck. Um, I don't know if that's showing my age, too. I don't know if they're even called that anymore. I think they still are, yeah. And uh, number two on the flip side, um, I'm just giving I'm just giving points everywhere. So that, that's where you, you come to me. So I looked at the A and M line, which was thirty um, at Sam uh, hosting Sam Houston. So I'm taking Jimbo and the boys, um, who I think was like the second or third best against the spread, like twenty nine and nineteen since he's been at A and at A and M. So I'm giving fifty something points combined <laughs> throwing them all out um which i think is appropriate for like the total rookie novice in the den of these like lion betters and he's probably moving money on his phone right now i mean i'm just so i figure just go totally nuts and give away give away the world give away all the points oh my the goodness that's, that's it <laughs> thank you for the picks uh Jar- if i see any bad weather in the south i'm gonna lose it <laughs> I doubt that'll happen, but I, I mean, certainly that can be a factor. Weather's always a factor, according to Mike, you, as we all know. But uh, thank you for the picks, Junk Man. Um, so, yeah. Clem, I'm going to give you 21 and a half against Georgia Tech. Um, Sweet. I'm trying to determine what the points better was for the other game. Give me just a second. But uh, uh, if anybody else has it on hand, uh, let me know. Uh, it did like Utah too, like that you guys were saying. Utah but. was a yeah. I feel like Utah's gonna take it. I feel like Utah's gonna take it. I'm just as long as uh, you know they can manage the line of scrimmage. I think they're good. You know, so uh, <laughs> well yeah. All right, I'll give that circle back. Just wait, wait one more time. What was the team? Just I, they're like 10, 50, 50 games on here. I'm just trying to figure out which one was. Oh, it's A and M against Sam Houston. 
That's a really, really good. I actually like that one a lot. Anim is projected to have 10 wins this year, so. Okay, cool. Okay, that's pretty much it then. I, I think we'll just get right to the uh, the games of the week then. Thank you, Chunky. I appreciate those picks. Um, three really, really solid games. And if anyone else wants to get to other featured games of the week, we, we can. But, man, phenomenal top 25 picks. Top 25 versus top 25 matchups. You mentioned Oregon versus Georgia. Again, I don't understand why they're this big of an underdog. This is just kind of nuts to me. Yeah, new quarterback, I get it. You know, a lot of unproven talent, sure. But, you know, I still think that's a big point spread. That's going to be at 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Uh, you got Utah against Florida. We talked about that already. Utah is a two-and-a-half point favorite. Number seven um, is the ranking for Utah. They'll be on at 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. And Notre Dame versus Ohio State, five versus number five versus number two. And, yeah, it is a pretty big point spread. I don't really agree with it. But that's your featured game of the, of the week on ABC. I mean, two giant names in college football. The history is obscene between both of them. So that should be an awesome game. I'm pretty sure Fowler and Herbstreit will be doing that one. Um, so let's just uh, get into thoughts on week one action. That's, those are the biggest games. There's other game, There are other games to cover as well. So first we go back to John. And let's get your thoughts on uh, the week one action ahead. Yeah, good slate. Um, you know, you get those three games at night, uh, as you mentioned, or you get the one at 3.30 going right into the, the two 7 o'clock games. Um, kind of get your day uh, started with some some of the lesser games, but that's okay. Not, I don't think there's like a big noon game this weekend. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll just kind of go in order. Um, you know, Oregon and Georgia – I do agree that I think it's going to be pretty close. Um, you know, Bo Nix, you know, you get bad Bo Nix or good Bo Nix. It depends on which is going to show up. Uh, we'll see what kind of difference landing makes in terms of a head coach. Um, you know, we haven't seen this guy as a head coach at any point. Um, you know, did a fantastic job with, with Georgia as a defensive coordinator. Uh, but again, you know, like the entire defense is basically in the NFL um, from, from last year. Um, obviously they replenish their, they recruit at a, an amazing level. So they're going to be good. It's just, they're going to be a little bit young. Um, you know, maybe some growing pains on that, on that front. Um, you know, uh, stats and Bennett serviceable. I think that's a good word, Dave, like you said. So I don't think the Georgia offense is like going to blow you away. I, I think their defense is going to be solid and it just doesn't feel like a kind of a margin kind of victory as you guys talked about. And, um, you know, when Oregon is kind of starting over, and I do think there is something to, to be said for landing, maybe knowing the book a little bit on the Georgia players and, and who's kind of remaining and maybe kind of maybe devising a, a game plan based on that. So I could definitely see that playing into the, into the mix. So um, I do think the 17 and a half is a little bit too much. I think the under is probably a good play too. I can see this being like a, you know, a 24 to 17 kind of game or 24 to 14. It's kind of, low scoring two teams just kind of figuring it out and um and georgia eventually will will get the win but that's the kind of game that i can see playing out for this one um as far as the two games that are at night i agree i i like utah as well i think again uh florida starting over with billy napier he's going to bring in his you know his style of offense from louisiana i don't know if florida really has the the, the um the pieces to kind of run that offense obviously they're they're a talented squad i mean florida recruits well in the sec but it didn't come together well last year with mullen um as he left on on really bad terms but 
Uh, we'll see what uh, what Napier could do with Richardson. Um, he proved to be a really dynamic player, but I think there's just a lot of question marks on Florida, whereas Utah, we talked about it, very experienced team. Cam Rising took over last year, and just the, the team just took off after that. Uh, Tavian Thomas returning, you know, they're a 1,000-yard rusher, and they're just always so solid, you know, on their uh, offensive and defensive lines and on defense. Um, and they're just so well coached too. So I think, um, and I think this game being at night helps kind of how we talked about the humidity in, um, the USF game, this was being played at noon. Like that'd be a huge uh, advantage for Florida. I'm surprised they didn't get that, get a request to play this game at like 12 o'clock or one o'clock, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what, that's how it goes. But, um, so uh, yeah, I think Utah's going to win this one. Um, it, it's not going to be easy. I think, you know, Florida's going to give an effort for sure, but. I think at the end of the day, Utah is just too too experienced, and um, I think they'll come out come out on top here by you know a touchdown or so. And then in the Ohio State game, yeah, I think Ohio State rolls them personally. Um, I just think they're just way too talented, and I don't think Notre Dame can match their offense score for score because you know you have C.J. Stroud and Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison and just all those weapons they have on offense and Henderson and running back. They're going to they can score like fifty in their sleep. It's it's just crazy their offense they have, and their defense really struggled last year. So what they did is they went out and got uh, Jim Knowles as the Oklahoma old Oklahoma State defensive coordinator last year, and they were a really solid, well coached defense. And he's going to bring those concepts over to Ohio State um, and get those guys in better position. So if they have a defense, I mean, watch out. I'm not saying they're going to be like a top ten defense. But, you know, even if they're in the top 50, it's going to be better than it was last year. And, um, you know, that's going to be bad news for the rest of the country. So, again, I think I don't think, you know, Notre Dame, I, I do like Marcus Freeman. We talked about this in our previous show. I think he's going to do well at Notre Dame. But I think that um, it's going to be a struggle in this in this outing. Um, I don't think they're going to keep up with Ohio State's offense at all. I, I, I'm surprised that the over/under in this game is over, only 58. I was very surprised. I mean, Ohio State could score 50 in this game. I know Notre Dame yeah, they had, have a good defense on paper, but they haven't. No one's going to stop this Ohio State offense. So I could see this being like you know 41 to 20, and you know you hit the over and Ohio State covers, which I think is is likely going to happen. So um, I, I like the Buckeyes in this matchup, and Notre Dame's been really injured too. I've been reading things that they've had. They had a couple of wide receivers go down. They've had some issues on the offensive line. So I think this all points to Ohio State, in my opinion. So I, I would lay that. I would lay the points with the Buckeyes for this game. So those are kind of your three main games, Dave, as you mentioned. But we have some other good matchups. Um, tomorrow night, uh, you have a couple of good ones with backyard brawl. West Virginia Pitt will be pretty interesting. First time playing in, I want to say, like 10 years. I think it's a sold-out stadium at Heinz Field. So – That'll be a pretty cool scene. Um, not really sure what to make of the game in terms of a betting uh, scenario. I would say that, you know, these two teams are such huge rivals that I would lean towards West Virginia with the points, but I don't know if I'm going to play this one. Um, Purdue and Penn State's another good game tomorrow night, Big Ten. This is the game that Fox got from giving Joe Buck to ESPN. This was like the trade-off. They got to have a Thursday night game. So you can, uh, you can thank ESPN for, for having this game tonight or tomorrow night. Um, I like Purdue as a home dog in this game. It's not a fan of Sean Clifford. Uh, kind of really struggled last year. And I think Penn, uh, Purdue has the better quarterback here with Aiden O'Connell. And they're always a very good home team against the spread. I know they do lose some of their 
Um, they lost, uh, lost David Bell, who was like the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, and uh, Carl Loftus, their defensive end, who just created tons of pressure every game. But I still like their team, and I think getting points at home like over a field goal, it's three and a half right now. So I like Purdue in this spot um, against Penn State. So those are kind of your marquee games tomorrow night. Not much going on on Friday, but you know, we'll, we'll bet the games for sure, but it's a kind of a light schedule on Friday. And then Saturday, you have some other interesting matchups. I think Cincinnati and Arkansas is a really interesting game. See if Cincinnati can um, – what they look like after, you know, losing Desmond Ritter and, you know, Sauce Gardner and, and Kobe Bryant and all those guys on defense that really propelled them to the college football playoff. And we'll see if, um, see if the replacements can do as well up against Arkansas. Uh, we already talked about some of the other games that uh, I had picks on. And then the other game I'll mention, I know Andy is – me and Andy are going to be watching this one. Houston at Texas San Antonio, maybe one of my favorite games of the day. Uh, the two mid-major teams or, or you know, um, group of five teams, I guess we should say, for, for college football that are, um, you know, maybe the tops of their conference and uh, really should be playing power five teams this weekend. But, alas, they have to play each other. Should be a really good game. Um, don't know who I want to take your spread. I do think a lot of points are going to be scored. I know um, UTSA struggled on defense last year. And I think Houston has the weapons to take advantage of that. But I think UTSA has a pretty good home field advantage. And their offense is going to be pretty dynamic, too, with um, Frank Harris returning and his top three wide receivers. So I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. Just kind of talking it out, I would maybe lean towards the home dog again with UTSA. Say, but that's that's to be decided. So, um, yeah, lots of good action this weekend. Uh, you know, there's a lot of FCS versus FBS games too. So we'll keep an eye on those for uh, for future weeks, and maybe we'll even throw a bet on them. I know there's there's not there's only, I only see lines on the Thursday FCS versus FBS games. So we'll have to um, see what it's looking like for Saturday. I know, uh, sadly enough, I know me and Andy might be looking at the main New Mexico matchup for for a potential potential wager which is really sad but hey money is money you got to do what you got to do here so it should be an interesting week of of games what side would you have in that game (laughs) if you don't mind me asking oh god new mexico is on par with hawaii and uh (laughs) those four teams you're just going to fade them all year don't don't matter who they're playing unless they're playing each other no, good call, good call, good call. Because, yeah, New Mexico's garbage. It's crazy. All right, Andy, let's get your thoughts on week one. Yeah, well, I have a quick question for John. <clears throat> I, I was just looking at lines and stuff, and Action App always has, like, the line that it opened. So, John, did you listen to Stuky over the weekend in Hammer, uh, in, in Hammer Tulsa before, before it went up against um, – Fuck. Wyoming, right? Yeah. Did you get it at one and yeah, a half? Yeah, no, was I, just... I was really stupid. I did not do it because now yeah. I don't want to bet it now at seven because I'm not a fan of Tulsa either, but I would have bet it at a pick because I could see this game being like 13 to 10. I think that's going to be an ugly game too, but I wouldn't bet it at seven. One game I did take though that already moved, I took Texas State against Nevada and um, it was like plus four and a half. So I got it at that, but now it's like a pick on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it at a pick on, but plus four and a half. I'm in on Texas state. That Nevada team is terrible. So, yeah. but yeah, alas. Yeah. I think I missed the boat. I'd probably still take Tulsa in like a money line or something, but yeah. Yeah. Or, like right. a, you know, or a teaser though. Like if you want, if you do a teasers for college, football, I wouldn't recommend it, but that's like a good teaser play for, for college football. Yeah. Crazy times. Yeah, Dave, for the for the marquee games you, you listed, um, 
obviously I just because of the the margin, you know, Florida, Utah is like the must watch of the of the trio. I uh, I tend to lean with Ron's assessment, even though I'm not a huge Whittingham like rah rah guy. I don't really. I'm, I don't love winning him. I, I respect what he's done for the most part. That Northwestern bowl game will always bother me, but cam rising makes that team a lot more fun to watch that. That's that powder last year that quit on the team brewer. I think it was brewer. Um, he just, he just didn't, he lacked whatever rising possesses and the team just kind of rallied around him and he's prolific. He can, make plays when everything seems to break down. And this like Utah is as now is as now the team as they've ever really been, you know, like their preseason rank, which usually doesn't always carry a ton of weight. Obviously it's preseason, but for a school like Utah to get that preseason rank, they need to kind of take advantage of it. Like a team like Penn state or Ohio state or Michigan state, like, you know, year after year, their preseason rank is almost immaterial. But an outlier school like Utah that doesn't have the same cachet as those other schools, they need to kind of make the most of this preseason rank. And as this whole program is fans of Napier coming from Louisiana to Florida, to borrow uh, Mike Lombardi saying, you know, Florida might be a year away from being a year away. And, uh, I don't think a school like Utah will get like intimidated by uh, the swamp. The swamp will probably be sold out and rocking and rolling, but you know, a Whittingham trait, a Whittingham coach school trait is like, they don't, they don't really get like too intimidated by like a rough uh, away environment. And like, if Utah loses, it's not, it's not going to be because they got intimidated by the swamp. It's just, they didn't, they didn't, perform like they were supposed to like they're favored they they should come out of that game with the w and um so yeah like that's that's a great game for week one kind of already touched upon the oregon georgia game um you know it's not like we love bo Nix and we're not really a great fan of the oregon program but yeah it's just it's a lot of points for a school like georgia to be laying uh, in yeah, Oregon, that's a ton of points. It's a ton of points. Now, having said that, like, Ohio State, Notre Dame is a ton of points too, but, like, Ohio State's offense is on the moon to Georgia. Like, Georgia, if they're going to score a lot of points, those drives are going to be a little more methodic, you know, nine play, 10 play, 14 play drive. Ohio State, they can score like in two plays. They can score in one play. They can return a kickoff. They can block, block a punt. They can score in all sorts of ways quickly and seamlessly. And that's why I think Notre Dame could be in a lot of trouble. If Notre Dame, like if they can't sustain anything on offense, if they go like three and out two times in a row, they give Ohio State short fields. Like it could be a it could be a rough night for them. Now, granted, last week I said Notre Dame going to be in the playoff, and I think they, they still could because this this game means nothing to Notre Dame. Like I mean, no fun. It, of course, it means something. But if they lose, like their playoff 
picture are, are not blown out the window, as we know. Like you say it, our friend ACQ is going to find a way for them to get to the playoff at seven and five. But in all, in all <laughs> seriousness, like they they can they control their own destiny just the way their schedule is built because they've got USC and Clemson in November. So if they get absolutely annihilated in two days from now, three days from now, they're still going to beat up on like their other schools on their schedule. It's a lot of cream puffs. And then, you know, then it gets serious again with the Clemson game and USC. I, you know, I think Notre Dame, they'll probably like, you know, they'll gel. If they get killed, they'll, they'll learn from it and they'll get better. They'll get better as the season goes along. But week one, yeah, I think Ohio State is just a complete buzzsaw for them. And uh, it's going to be tough sledding for the Irish. So I, you know, I'm obviously going to take Oregon and I'm going to take Ohio State. And I'll probably take Utah. You know, some of those other games that John mentioned. First world problem, like, I, like, spent way too much time debating it because I, so I got invited to play golf Saturday at like a really nice golf course, like out in the mountains, not to sound like Mike or whatever, but like, I was like, damn, it's week one. Like I really just want to spend 15 hours on my couch. And then the other guy in my brain was like, you're gonna, you got like a lot of other fall weekends to do that. It's like, it's really like the last like true summer weekend. So I'm going to golf, but I'll follow the games on my phone. And I'll, I'll be able to watch the late night games. But anyway, the Saturday, like the degenerate type of games, like John already mentioned them, but um, you know what they kind of, they remind me of like the bowl games on like December 28th uh, or even like the non big new year's day game, like what, like the Outback bowl or Chichester bowl, like since Arkansas is a good game, both of those schools aren't going to win the national championship, but you know, they have aspirations to do well. Uh, I would probably take uh, I'd probably take the underdog in that game. Uh, and then same thing, yeah, whatever what John said about Houston UTSA bingo bingo. I'm like I love both, you know, not to sound like a my babies guy, but like I hate I hate that one of those schools has to lose and one of those schools isn't gonna cover. but uh, I'm gonna take UTSA in that game just just because they're the underdog. It's just like, I like both those teams. I'm going to take the team getting the points. And then the other game that I wrote down that might be interesting is because they played each other last year and you just, you never know what's going to happen is Memphis, Mississippi state. I mean, that could be, I mean, that game could be like 10, seven, that game could be like 45, 42. You're right. Just, just don't really know. There's no way but, to um, know. That's a real... I'm guessing it'll probably lean offensive 45, 42, but you just you just don't know. You, you you don't really know with a Mike Leach team, um, even though you should. But yeah, and Mississippi State's a big favorite, but I don't know. You I would just, never lay that. There's no way I'd lay that. It's an entertaining game. Yeah, entertaining game. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I agree with John with the backyard brawl. I'm gonna I'm gonna take West Virginia. I think they're either like I saw six and a half. It, tomorrow could be different, but I. Yeah, such a close, bitter rival. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the underdog, as cliche as that sounds, too. And then John talked me. You know, I had no feel ten minutes ago, but John talked me into <laughs> Purdue. 
and I'm like, I hate James Franklin, <laughs> and I don't. Clifford just reminds me of like a, a Hackenberg type, uh, you know, n- not that good. Just a classic Penn State quarterback. Just it's not my cup of tea. Um, I'll probably take Louisiana Tech getting 20 points from Missouri. Um, yeah, the Friday games. I'll probably take Indiana, uh, Illinois coming. You know, still parting after that big Wyoming win. <laughs> but I think Indiana's better than Illinois. And I'll probably take Old Dominion against Virginia Tech. And I also agree with Ron. I like. I mean, I love that TCU selection. And then I know, Dave, no one's mentioned it yet, but that Sunday game, mm-hmm. LSU, Florida State in the, in the Superdome, I'll probably take Florida State as the underdog. I feel like Florida State's going to have a little bounce back this year. I think it's a good call, too. Yeah, I'm with it. I love the rundown, Randy. Really good stuff. A lot of intel, folks. If you guys are looking for gambling advice, Andy brought it brought it and then some, folks. So uh, thanks for your rundown. Let's go over to Ron. Let's get your thoughts on week one. Yeah, I agree with uh, you know both Andy and John about the uh, Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Um, I mean, just when you look at it, uh, on paper, I mean, you have uh, an Ohio State team that is returning, you know, a Heisman runner-up at quarterback, uh, you know, a million future NFL draft picks, and they're going up against – and like we – like John said, I mean, we, we all like Marcus Freeman, and, you know, we hope Notre Dame uh, does right by him moving forward. But, uh, you know, Notre Dame is starting, uh, you know, a sophomore quarterback – uh, who I, I don't believe started a game yet this year. They have uh, they're down to like their third string receivers. Um, yeah, I think it could get ugly fast, and uh, and you know that's just par for the course. And and uh, you know, like Andy said, you know Notre Dame's still going to beat up on other teams throughout the year, and they're probably going to still end up in a New Year's Six bowl and uh, you know hanging and sniffing the uh, the playoffs, but. We're going to love it on, on Saturday night, you know, uh, reading uh, Twitter and uh, seeing, you know, uh, stuff from Tommy and uh, and other uh, Notre Dame people saying how awful Freeman is and how bad uh, Notre Dame is. And, you know, just because they're losing Ohio State. But, uh, you know, it's not an easy task. And uh, and Ohio State is is like otherworldly. So, you know, I, I love Ohio State in that game. Um yeah, I mentioned the Utah pick, uh, Oregon and Georgia. Uh, you know, I just don't know what, what type of coach Dan Lanning is. Uh, and I agree with you guys on Stetson Bennett. I mean, he's, you know, basically, uh, got the job by default last year once JT Daniels got hurt. And, uh, you know, they were just, you know, they remind me of the, uh, the Eli Manning giant teams last year, you know, the defense was winning every single game and bet, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett was doing just enough not to lose. Uh, he didn't really need to do anything to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, I don't know if, uh, if them losing all that talent on their defense, uh, last year is, is going to put a little, little more pressure on him. Um, you know, and if that's the case, you know, maybe Georgia takes a little bit of a step back, but, I have so many unknowns, uh, you know, so uh, I, I'd be, you know, reluctant to uh, to take a, a pick in that game. But I, I think I would lean Georgia, but I have no, you know, solid grounds on wow. that one. Um, wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll go against, All right. you know, the consensus. <laughs> but I have no, you know, 
I, I, I wouldn't bet that. But, uh, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I agree, too, with everybody. I love Purdue tomorrow night. Uh, and, and I've seen, like, I you know, mentioned game day again, I saw Herb Street saying that Penn State was his surprise team of the year. Uh, but then again, he picked Nebraska to go to the, the Big Ten Conference game, uh, title game. So, you know, I just don't see it with Penn State. I don't see it. To me, it's like Franklin's got one foot out the door there. He's going through the motions. Um, you know, and Purdue wasn't bad last year, and, and O'Connell was uh, really good. So, you know, why they're, um, you know, a dog at home, I don't know. But I, I like Purdue uh, tomorrow night. I like West Virginia to cover tomorrow night. Uh, that should be an interesting game. Um, yeah, so I think that that covers most of it. Uh, curious uh, to see what Andy is going to pick in the uh, Kent State Washington game because I kind of like Kent State to cover that twenty three and a half. Uh, I was curious to see what what his thoughts were on that one. I'm with you, Ron. Yeah, and that, although my head says like Kent State over the four quarters might get worn out. And this isn't like the Jimmy Lake Husky team that we hated. And I don't know. Their fan base is just like they're almost every fan base is mouth breathers, but they're just like they're they've just built in their like we're gonna have our cake and eat too. So if they if they win and they have a good year, it's like we knew we we're gonna have a good season. Like Penix is awesome. He's reunited with the board. The board brings all his coaching staff with him from Fresno State. Yeah, like we're blue blood. And if they struggle, then it's like, oh, we should. Damon Hord's son should have gotten the, the job. The Fresno State coaching staff can't get used to their players. It's just, it's drives you nuts. But I'll probably, I'm going to take Kent State. <laughs> I'm going to take Kent State and, uh, and just roll the dice with the undersized Mac school getting a boatload of points. Yeah. Kent State's not a bad team. They're not awful, and 23-and-a-half is a lot for a, a Washington team that couldn't score last year. That was my, that was my initial thought. I kind of like that that one jumped out at me, and I didn't know. Uh, if you were if you were leaning Washington, I might have had to change my pick. No, I, I'm only leaning Washington, like, when they play Stanford and maybe, like, Arizona. <laughs> I jump in. I'm going to add, like, I like the over, actually, in that game because – Washington's coaching could not have been any worse last year. Their offense could not have been any worse. And when you have better coaching, Penix is a good athlete. And we saw that when he played a couple of years ago when he was healthy. Kent State's defense is absolutely just hideous. Like Washington should be able to do whatever they want. And Kent State plays so fast. They're going to be able to, to score. I like I like the their coach, Lewis. He does a good job there. I know they have to replace their quarterback, but they should be able to put up, I think, at least 20 points. So, I think that goes over the total. I think that's like, you know, I, I, I agree. I would go with the, the golden flash cover. I think that's like 42 to 21. So I think Kent state covers. And I like the over in that game personally, I, that one jumped out to me. So I think be, people are, are underestimating, um, you know, what Lake or, or what, how bad Lake was and what DeBoer and Penix can, can do together. So I, I like that over. You know what, John, and you guys like this, you could save this for like, when we all have like zero lives or whatever, but like you could do like a deep dive and like start at the big 12 or start at the Mac and like how these like games get so like high scoring. And is it like, it's a combination of like good offense, but like how bad the defenses are. So like 
these bad defenses like are so bad. The offensive just quick score so quick. Meanwhile, the defenses are so bad and they can't even get any sort of like water break anytime they could catch their breath because they're constantly on the field. I feel like that's how some of these Mac games just get like so topsy-turvy because no one can stop anybody and they're just completely gassed by the second half. Do you think the style of play, like the fact that they get such so quick to the snap, like they don't run out the play clock for each snap is a part of that? Like, I mean, specifically with the Mac, like I feel like that. Well, might... That was the problem for Tennessee yeah. and, or for Josh Heupel. And even when he was at UCF, because they would go so fast. If you go three and out, like your defense is right back out there on the field. Even if you score in like three plays, your defense is right back out on the field. So that plays a huge role in both their defense wearing down and also contributes to the high scoring in, in their games. The perfect example is like that Purdue bowl game where like literally they were just going up and down the field in like, you know, five or less plays at, at towards the end of the game. So um, yeah. I would say, you know, Tennessee first half tomorrow night. I know we don't, you know, we don't want Tennessee to be back again, but if they can't beat ball, you know, ball state by 21 in the first half, I mean, you know, they should just fold their program. I can I love that. Pick. Yeah. I, I, Love Tennessee. I hate to say, it, but I love Tennessee tomorrow night too. I yeah. I got uh, at uh, thirty one and a half. It's up to thirty five now. But uh, yeah, I, I think the first half, I, I could see him like just you know the quitting in the fourth quarter. So yeah. I, I think it's gonna be like thirty eight to nothing at, at halftime or something. Yeah, they might take Hooker out uh, at some point and, and save him. But uh, yeah, I mean that I hate I hate that in Tennessee, but that game is like too easy. <laughs> But so last year they I just looked confirmed last year was Bowling Green week one and we yeah. all love the Tennessee team total and they they just came out a little too stale in the first like half of the first quarter to make it happen. Yep. You know what the Bowling Green ended up being like one of the best pass defenses in the country, which is crazy. So that was kind of like a foreshadowing of the of the season. I don't think Ball State's going to provide much resistance. Well, it's an amazing, amazing analysis all the way around on this. And I'm going to tell you something. I just feel like Tennessee. I can't. I hate to say it, but I just think Tennessee is going to be. Ten, ten, I think you actually do have to watch for Tennessee this year. I think people are. I think they might actually be pretty good. We'll see. The quarterback's really good. Hernan Hooker is real. He's the real deal. They they got screwed last year in that uh, in the bowl game oh, at the end. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, they're yeah. going to be. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to come out strong this year, but in the SEC, I mean, you know, if you're not Alabama or Georgia, it's tough to to make. They're it in the right division, though. That's for sure. I mean, the West is just brutal. At least, at least they get to play like, you know, Vanderbilt, Missouri, like Florida's rebuilding. I mean, I don't think Kentucky's as good as advertised. They could easily be second in the division for sure. Yeah, agree, agree, agree with you. All right. So, uh, any other things you wanted to add as far as uh, Week One, Kevin? You guys, I mean, I mean, I, the notes <laughs> I've got, I mean, I wish I just had. So, so one thing, the same feeling from Andy and his Vandy last year, John just gave me with the Kent State watching over. So anyone who's listening out there, there you can see these little locks in these guys. And that that's the one um, that I would take. Um, just like just like hearing Andy last week. Um, I'm just literally so excited it feels like um i have like a 
an arm back or something, or I, like, I lost a leg like 10 years ago and now I'm getting it back, like doing, getting back into, into college sports again. And, you know, talking to you guys, I was just out of it for so long and it almost feels like I'm getting some, something back. Um, recently, um, I've got, I know it sounds silly, but for me, it's big. I've got like my behind me, I've got like two screens. So I like the Mets. I'll, I'll be, I'll be with you guys at night. Like with the little, the little kids, it's impossible as Ron knows during the day, but like seven o'clock tomorrow night, mm-hmm. I'll be with you in the backyard brawl. I think like John nice. said, first time since 2011, nice. um, I got to cover that when I was at NBC. So like thinking back to those times, um, just like uh, my favorite part noting that was like how kind of like a, you know, a shitty kind of city like Pittsburgh, like, uh, looks down on morgantown because it's just a bunch of hayseeds and people just it's so funny um and uh i got to go to morgantown for that and then notre dame just my last like turn back the clock i had the worst i call it the worst job for that year at nbc i had to edit and try to make the charlie weiss press conferences sound interesting and i don't know if you guys remember it back then but he literally like the pre the the pre the pre-game stuff so like the stuff when they had the media availability on like fr- Thursdays and Fridays, he would just take a printout like that you would get online from the other team. And he would be like, well, the Navy fullback, he's got 33 rushing attempts for 93 yards. And uh, he would have not nothing to, it was, so, it was the worst thing I've ever, I've ever heard. I really wanted to kill myself, <laughs> but, and thankfully he's not around anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think, all of the of the fun seven seven thirty games. I have a feeling that I might be texting Andy for some get to get me in the action on the Hilltoppers at Hawaii late yeah. late late Saturday night. Um, huge, huge Hilltopper guy, uh, Tyson Helton. You know, um, FSU LSU. I'm just yeah, I'm just like a get a Christmas again all of a sudden. Um, and your guys analysis is amazing so i'm looking forward to watching that every week as well our thanks for having me absolutely our friends bring it and thank you for being part of this junkie it's really good to have you back on the show it's been a bit so uh um let's bring it to everybody for final thoughts john i gotta say again before i do this yeah i really think that that call of the over in the washington game is a fantastic idea because you know mac teams in general are just bad defenses right you put them against the power five team even one like washington as you mentioned you know I think people are, are, are um, they're probably not completely caught up on the idea that there's a coaching change. I think things will be a little different. I think it's a very good, very good, it's a very good idea. It's a very good idea. We'll see if it works out. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but. What's happening now, though, is Dave is now reversing. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know that's always a fear. I'm just telling my other friends today, like, you know, you know, people, like this is I'm notorious for bad predictions in sports. You didn't say anything last week when Andy talked about Vandy, so I was like, "That's it." <laughs> you, you not saying anything made it more of a lock than Andy's look on his face. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe now you might want to temper your expectations of that with that total over in there in, uh, in Seattle. Right. We'll see. Um, but let's go over to John. Let's get your final thoughts, and then we'll we'll roll around roll around the table. Yeah, nothing much to add. I mean, really good show. I wish we could do like a little segment on every game that's being played on Saturday, but you know, alas, we don't have the time for that. But um, should be a should be a fun weekend, and I hope everyone has best of luck with your bets and whatever else you got going on. And yeah, it, 
We got the, the since it's Labor Day, we got Sunday and Monday games too. So it's going to stretch all weekend, which you, which you love to see. So it'll take us right into um, NFL talk next week, which we yeah. haven't done. So it's going to be it's going to be good times. So uh, glad to be here for the season and um, good to good to be back with all the guys here. So thanks. thanks. You got it, John. I mean, I mirror that. Uh, let's go to Andy and let's get your final thoughts too. Yeah, I, I'm echoing Kevin's thoughts. It's this time of year. Uh, sometimes I get a little melancholy because, like, it's a summer and it went by fast. But I already kind of, I knew going into the summer that I wasn't gonna do much anyway. Like, no girlfriend, no big trip. So I was like, I'm already like, I already know I'm not gonna have like a super exciting summer. So I don't even have a, ch- I, there's no reason for me to be, have any melancholy because it's already preemptively like programmed. So now I'm like, bring on the, bring on the golden hour, the early sunsets, but nice warm days. And the, we got good baseball postseason start, you know, September pennant races and yeah. Um, fantasy drafts. Like I'm actually like, actually, don't hate fantasy drafts this year. I usually do, but because um, it's such a waste of time. But this year, I'm, I'm embracing it. Uh, John's contest we're looking forward to. This contest we're looking forward to. Um, yeah, enjoy enjoy it because it goes by so fast. Like, it's weird. I was actually like, I, I can do, like, research. Not like John and Ron research, but I do – research for college with NFL. I'm still just a Mongo. Like I I'm not going to do any like week one research, really. I'm just going to kind of go with the gut. Um, college is just, it's just more fun to kind of get into a little more, like not quite data per se, but uh, reading all the box scores and reading like the upcoming week schedules, just shit like that. NFL. It's just, it's such a, you're already kind of inundated with it if you play fantasy football. So you're just kind of your eyes are just kind of numb to all it, all of that. With college football, like you gotta be proactive, but it's it's easily it's you're easily motivated to do that that work if that makes sense. So yeah, like I'm doing the homework, and then guys like Tommy can text five days from now and be like, "What'd you guys talk about?" <laughs> Seriously. He's going to drive me crazy. And I'm like, dude, just listen. Listen to the thing. Like, I'm not giving you the Cliff Notes version because I already – I'm already going to forget what I said anyway. So it's on the computer. It's on your phone. Tell him he can call me, but it's going to cost him. I got the notes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he texts us yeah. on Saturday. Oh, yeah, who do you guys like today? It's like, well, I mean, were you listening to the show, Tommy? I mean, come on. <laughs> that guy. Why am I not surprised? Exactly. Exactly. Well, folks, uh, that's really great. Andy, good luck on your two uh, fantasy drafts next week, and uh, and hopefully, we'll see we'll see if we can find each other in Seattle. I'll be in Seattle on Thursday, so we, it'll be really fun to to get. To yeah, get... let me know. Thursday's gonna be a freaking bear with work with both oh, okay. them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get out of there because I know the game starts at five thirty. Mm-hmm. So yep, we'll find a place. Let me know where you are on okay. Thursday. Can do You're downtown could easily find a sports bar. Nice, nice. I love it, Andy. So uh, uh, let's swing it over to Ron for final thoughts, and then we'll go to Kevin after that. 
yeah, it, it's great to be back and uh, and doing this again. And you know, I'll echo what uh, what Kevin said. I mean, for myself, it's it's you know, it's rare that I get to jump on these uh, these shows so much or as often as I would like. So I got to take advantage every every chance I, I can get. Um, you know, so I love doing these shows. And uh, uh, where are you going on vacation next week, Dave? Seattle? Yeah, I'm going to see, well, I'm going to be in a few cities. I'll be in San Francisco for a little bit, um, then Oakland a little bit, and then maybe Pismo Beach a little bit, and then Seattle for like the next weekend. So that's uh, yeah. So it's a pretty multifaceted West Coast vacation, basically. It'll be a lot of a lot of cities going on tour nice well I, I hope you have a good vacation Thank and you. i know we'll uh you know we'll probably write in the picks next week so i look yeah. forward to uh, mm-hmm. hopefully jumping on with everybody the, the week after that and uh we'll have a lot to catch up on absolutely um you know lt mentions in the chat by the way hello lt um the fan duels are starting back up too once we get kickoff on nfl so that's exciting that juices me up too and good luck to you on that oh, bingo well. yeah yeah it's gonna be awesome um now, I forgot the scenario with FanDuel. Did they finally get their shit together with that, Andy, or is there still legislation going on? No, you can – there's a – there's one there's one tribal casino in the area where their sports book is FanDuel affiliated, but that's just their straight-up bet on Team A, bet on Team B on their property. That I don't know if you're actually there. You can, like, play in the duels, but – you gotta take a ferry to get to this one specific casino, so oh, okay. I'm not gonna like test it, but because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough ask to do. But no, it's it drives me crazy. I want to get in these duels just to lose more money. But <laughs> you know, I know Ron and his brother, and you guys are all yeah. on it, and it's like it's. I want to get involved. Yeah, it'd be fun to have you there. Let's hope they get their shit together eventually, though. You know, because the golf one sound like a lot of fun. Oh, too. oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to know. Yeah, every major they they do a golf one. Leo does a great job setting those up. So props to Leo for for doing that. Um, my uh, my entire uh, goal in Fanduel, like with every single one, golf, baseball, whatever, is just to beat Obi. It's just to be uh, get a better score than Obi. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny, funny you mentioned that Mongo Nation actually has a – it's just like John's Pick'em, but it's – it's well, John has NFL too, but I do the NFL one. But, yeah, so so it's just – it's a Mongo Nation Pick'em against the spread, and my only goal last year was to beat Jay Hoff, and I didn't. Oh, God, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> I know. He actually did halfway decent. Um, I did terrible, um, which – but no, it's a little different because John's John's contest is like you play someone every week. The Mongo Nation one is just your traditional like at the end of the year like what your record is. So I sucked. <laughs> I like to have. I didn't want. I like to spread it out. I didn't like the five games I taken or the seven picks in John's league versus the seven games in the Mongo Nation. Plus, John, you can take over unders in Mongo Nation. It's just. You pick the teams. Um, I'll give you guys. I'll give you guys like a little um, tidbit or like behind the scenes too, with like in terms of the fan duels for like the golf ones. Uh, you know, like when me and Leo get together, we always, you know, we'll, we'll talk about like fan duel and stuff like that. And with the golf ones, he'll always say he he'll always tell me he wishes he could see what John has in his lineup before it gets set. 
because he's like the king of golf. He's, you know, we, we kind of just like, you know, throw darts at the board and hope these guys, like, I know he'll, he'll take like a cock rack just because of the name, you know, just stupid shit like that. But, uh, yeah, he'll always, uh, he'll always tell me like, man, I wish I could see what John is, uh, who he's got. Cause I have no idea what golfers are good. And I feel the same way. Yeah, I couldn't even get into golf tools this year because my state is, even though we have the legal sports betting right now, they had to like yeah. reapply for like DFS or whatever. So I couldn't even get into duels for this year. But I think that's solved now because I was able to do DraftKings lineups the last um, month or so for the golf season. So I think I'll be in for the, the duels definitely for football and then for golf next year. But yeah, I was definitely upset about that. I couldn't get in the, in the golf duels, but alas. Okay. I think that, thanks to that, sure. I think I've placed in like one of the majors. <laughs> with, with <laughs> what I was doing. So yeah, I hope they like had like uh, golf for the, the live tour. I would I would get it. And they have a tournament going on this week. I'm chomping at the bit to to do something with that. But hey, you know, it is what it is. John, if, as long as you're here, what about how about that comeback by McElroy last weekend for the tour championship? Oh my god, that, that was, was crazy. That was just yeah. I mean, I don't know if you watched it. I'm sure you watched it, Dave. But, like, earlier in the day, they had to finish, like, six holes in the third round. Yeah. And it was, like, a one-shot, like, you know, whatever. Like, it was basically tied. And Scotty Scheffler goes, like, four or five under in the five holes that they they played. And um, no one else really did anything. And so he starts the round with, like, a six-shot lead. And you're like, oh, this is just, like, no juice whatsoever. The starting strokes are stupid. Like, this is just really dumb. And then he immediately – bogeys three of the first seven holes and you're like all right we got ourselves a tournament here and uh McElroy just i he played well but i wouldn't say he played amazing like, it was really just because scheffler just just really sucked i mean he just did not handle that final round very well at all and um you know down the stretch McElroy had that huge pot in 15 uh to take the lead and um he was able to uh, he, he made par when he just like blew his shot over the green on 16. Scheffler makes bogey, and that was the difference. And um, what would have been really funny, though, Sung JM has to be kicking himself because he did not birdie par 518, which would have tied with McElroy for the playoff. And it would have been hilarious if he had won the FedEx Cup because he had not won a single tournament all year. He would have walked away with the entire $18 million winning just the one tournament. And I think they would have um, maybe made some changes in their system after that. I don't know. But um, that would have been crazy. And then, just like, I guess, a side note, Cameron Smith going to the live tour. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Y'all called it. You know, you it, called it. It's his decision. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously he's he's doing it for his own reasons. But I, I cannot think of a, a you know, he's got, he's got his whole career ahead of him. And I just think it was a bad decision on his part. But, hey, he's probably got, he probably just got 200 million bucks for it. So good for him. He's playing the majors anyway because he just won the Open, so he doesn't have right. these concerns like some of the other guys do. But think, yeah, that tournament was really exciting. On, yeah, on absolutely, absolutely. And on Cam Smith, I mean, Mike did point that out when we when he won the when he won the 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 PGA. He was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a muted celebration because he might end up going to live, and it's like, well, there there it is. Everybody called that one. So Mike, good job out of you on predicting that or suspecting or anticipating it. Yeah, John, that was that was a wild finish, no doubt. That's not how you want to finish a season, you know. That's the way to do it, you know. You see six strokes, you're like, ah, forget it. And <laughs> but then you look up and it's like, damn, you know, you got that was juice. So let's go to Kevin. Let's get your final thoughts, and then we'll close it up tonight. I was uh, thinking what Andy just said, said before about how, you know, the NFL, you know, I mean, a tougher to get into or whatever. But this has been just doing all this research and stuff and 
talking to you guys i just college football is just so much fun like there's more people there's more teams there's more mongos there's more crazy ridiculous coaches like i was just you know putting stuff together this week jim uh harbaugh is talking about the the old testament well this quarterback like the narduzzi is naming the other the west virginia starter before they do like fisher and saban are basically like and it's like who's got a big cock contest like all off season like <laughs> the nfl coaches are so buttoned up and they're kind of lame um this is way more fun you know that i haven't seen the league course yet but i'm really looking forward to seeing the fossil uh, when that comes around. <laughs> um, but yeah it just, and oh my gosh like two nights ago i spent I'm ashamed to admit it, but about oh, at least an hour, if not more, looking at like Mike Leach YouTube videos. The guy is fast. <laughs> it's just one of he's a total whack job. But I'm like, I can't believe I'm like he looks like a homeless guy walking walking to campus. I'm like, I can't believe I've spent an hour of my life watching this guy talk to him. <laughs> no, I believe. But anyway, it. yeah, it's it's great. It's just it's it's kind of like um. I don't know some kind of crazy, you know, Netflix show or something. It's just these the characters, the coaches, the, the characters that these coaches are, and then all the you know, the rah rah stuff and the and the ta- and the tailgating stuff. My my last thing, you guys, I'm sure already know that I I've been queued up on here is um, holy. You can't go to any sort of research on the SEC or like even the big 12 any sub southern area everybody is just non-stop jesus freaks and it's a little it's a little weird like you i'm following i'm on twitter now again and like all the stuff um it's just quite a quite a contrast to where to where i am um but uh where it's like you know god deciding victories and touchdown jesus and all that nonsense (laughs) um i much rather believe in in andy ron and and john (laughs) when it comes down to my uh, the end of the day so glad to be with you boys it's gonna be fun likewise kev it's great to have you back my friend all right folks nice. well, well fellas I, this has been a lot of fun take care everybody good luck to, to good luck to all your action um it's gonna be a fun weekend take care everybody it's nice to see you again all right good luck all right, you guys take care everyone peace 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 out yeah and hopefully andy will, will, will catch up in irl in just a few days but uh everyone take care of yourselves um, good times tonight. I mean, Andy, John, Ron, and Kevin all on the show at the same time. That was a. This has been a very, very fun time. Now, LT says don't underestimate the FCS level. We did get into that too. Uh, I think there were some. There's we saw some value earlier when we were when we were doing our picks. So, um, all the way all the way around a good time. Football's back, everybody. Let's do the thing. Good luck to everyone. We'll post the picks if you missed any of them on ditcow.com. And if you don't. And, and otherwise, we'll also tweet out the picks too at our on our Twitter page at Ditcal. It's been a fun time. Hope you enjoyed every every bit of it. I'm Dave Medina. We, we um, we'll be back in a couple weeks with our week three with our week three show. Um, week two will be written only, so stay tuned on Ditcal.com for those picks, and then we'll you'll see the results of week one as well in between. So good times all around. Um, so thank you again. I appreciate I appreciate you do appreciate you being here, everybody. You know, the, the I, I'm expecting a really good contest. I think we're all going to do very well this year. Um, time will tell, but I love it. Just a phenomenal job by all tonight. Really great stuff. Um, don't forget, I'm also on Twitch. You can catch our non-sports show 
at Davey's Eating a Sandwich. We call it the Sandwich Show over there. Um, and uh, that's all from here. If you missed any part of the show, catch our replays at didcow.com or look for us at didcow and find the replays there. I'm Dave. We'll see you next time. Have a good holiday. Oh,